0: contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will guide you on your journey to mastery of your construction business. You can find Hammer and Grind on all the social media platforms. Just search for Hammer and Grind Podcast. Now, if you're looking for more help, you can check out our free Facebook group called The Contractor Profit Group. I do free trainings in there and it's a great community to be a part of. Now, if you're serious about making more money, saving more time, and creating a business that supports your lifestyle, check out my paid coaching group called The Profit Club. I've put together a proven system for creating a winning business. Now, listen, I'm so confident that you will succeed in my program. I'm now offering a 10x ROI guarantee. That means if you don't make at least a 10x return on your investment within a 12-month period, I will refund you the full amount. You can find out more information about The Profit Club at hammeringgrind.com forward slash Club. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about how to hire winners, and it's probably not going to be what you think it is. Most of you are probably not going to like what I tell you on this podcast. It's not what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. And if you're willing to put aside your ego and suppress it and be open-minded to what I'm about to tell you, it can change your business and you can find winners out there. And the first thing you have to do, the first thing we need to do as business owners is we have to change our mindset around the entire hiring process because we've been getting it wrong for so long. Ten years ago, if you had a job available, people would be knocking down the door to come and work for you. Today is totally different. The younger generation have different priorities. There's different motivations for them as to why they want to work. And even though this is focused more on hiring winners, more skilled labor, more people that are going to be able to take your business to the next level, it also applies to entry level positions as well. It applies to younger generation, the 18 to 19, 20 year olds that may be wanting to come in as apprentices. It applies to them as well. So we're going to be talking about how to hire winners. And I'm going to be giving you some tips. And some uh, ideas. And I hope that you take some of this and you apply it in your business. And if you do, I'm pretty confident that you will have success in finding and hiring winners for your business. So, mindset what do I mean by mindset? Well, your mindset, if it's about I can't find good help, nobody wants to work, everybody's lazy. You know, nobody has good work ethics. Nobody takes pride in their work. If those are the things that you say regularly, then you have a poor mindset. And all of that information, all of that garbage in will be processed in your brain and then it will come out as garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. Your self-talk of this can't be done is what's sabotaging yourself. So the first thing you have to do is quit saying there's no good workers out there. Quit saying nobody wants to work. Quit saying that people don't take pride in their work. That's bull crap. If that were true, there would be no workers out there. There would be no businesses. People wouldn't be in business for themselves. There would be no owners. In order for that to be true, there would be no workers on planet. And we know that's not true because in every city, In every state, in every country around the world, there are people who are working, who enjoy it, and are good workers. Now, we can make one statement that is true, and that is that there are fewer workers out there. That's a true statement. There are fewer workers in the workforce that are doing blue-collar construction jobs. But when you say that there's nobody wants to work, Nobody wants to do this. Nobody that, blah, blah, blah. That's just bull crap. That's your head trash that's coming out as fallacy. And as long as you keep telling your brain that, your brain will say, okay, I'll look for instances where there's nobody that wants to work and nobody is motivated and all these other things. So your brain will say, look, here's a guy over here. He doesn't want to work. Here's a guy over here. He doesn't, he's not going to show up every day. And that's what your brain is going to look for, and that's what the universe is going to provide to you. That's going to be what you attract into your labor pool, if you will. It's people that fit the description of what you're saying. So the first thing you have to do is quit saying that. You need to change your mind, reframe your mind, and say things like, I haven't found the person that's perfect for me yet. I can't wait to find that winner that I need. You have to start thinking in terms of positivity as if it's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. That's the first step in changing this is changing your mindset and quit being freaking negative all the time about it. That's step one. Step two is you have to change your offer. A lot of you are still trying to attract people are still trying to hire people with a job offer that you had from 20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago. And it basically says, I'm looking for a finished carpenter. These are the requirements. You have to have five years experience. You have to have your own tools, your own transportation, this, 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 and this, these are all the things that I require of you and you better have them or you're not going to get a job. A lot of you are still posting job ads like that. I mean, that is like, I can't even put into words how dumb that is. Half of you that post job ads would not even apply for that job ad if you were looking for a job. If you were the person that they were hiring for, that you're hiring for, half of you would not even respond to the job ad that you put out there. You're putting junk out there. You're putting crap out there. And then wondering, why well, can't nobody nobody applies for my jobs. It's because, nope, it's not attractive. This thing about hiring people, it really needs to be changed to how to attract people, how to attract winners, because that's the only way you're going to find winners is through attraction. You're not going to hire them. You have to attract them like a magnet. And the people that that are going to be the winners, the people that are winners that you want to hire, they don't just go to somewhere and get a job because they need the money. They go there for the entire package. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to offer health benefits. It means the culture of the company. It means the employees that they're working with. It means the work they're doing, how organized it is. Are you using crappy tools? Do you treat your clients and customers right? Is it an ethical company? It's like the whole package. It all has to be aligned in order for the right person to be attracted to that. So let me put this in a different perspective using a car dealership. So a lot of you are like car dealers. And let's say you own a little used car dealership down on the corner. And you're the owner and we're selling cars. Okay, the cars represent the jobs. Well, you have several people come in throughout the day. And a lot of people that are coming in are just tire kickers. They don't really want to spend money. They're complaining about, you know, the car's not washed or there's a little bit of debris in the, in the, you know, the floor mats are dirty or it's a tiny little ticking sound in the engine. And what you say is to yourself and to your colleagues is, man, I, everybody out there is is a pain in the butt. I can't find good buyers anymore. Everybody just complains about everything. That's what you're doing in your business. Okay. Now put yourself in the shoes of the the prospective buyer who's looking for a car and you pull up to this little car dealership and you get out and the salesman comes out and he's like, Hey, what are you guys looking for? I got just the deal for you. And they show you a car. It's not really the car you wanted, but he shows you a car and you look at it and it's kind of dirty. It's not like super dirty, but it's, it's, it hasn't been washed in a week or so. And you get in and the floor mats are dirty and it hasn't. you can tell it wasn't detailed very good. And the, the salesman is telling you, now, if you're going to buy this car, I mean, you better have a 800 credit score and you better have a 20% down. And you know you better have this and you better have that. And you better have all of these things lined up or I'm not going to sell you this car. That's how a lot of you are trying to hire people. Nobody in their right mind listening to this would say, oh, yeah, that's, that's the car I want to buy and the person I want to buy it for, for sure. Nobody's going to do that. Conversely, if you go down to the dealership down the street, which has a nice sign out front, it's a very nice, well-kept up uh, dealership. The lot's, you know, swept and kept clean. All of the cars on the lot are a little bit later models. They're all super clean, detailed that morning. All of the salesmen are professional. They come in. You go in there and you're like, hey, I'm looking for a car. And they're like, great. What kind of car are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a small, you know, midsize four-door so my family can fit in it. Awesome. Do you have any preferences around color? Do you have any preferences around make or model? What's important to you? Is it important that it gets really good gas mileage or is it important that it goes really fast? Maybe you want a sports car and they start asking questions about what's important to you. And you really feel like this car dealer cares about you. And they're trying to find the best way or the best car to put you in based on your needs. Now, of those two scenarios, which one are you most likely to buy a car at? The first one, where they tell you that if you don't have an 800 credit score or down payment or all these things, you're not even going to offer you the car that's crappy and worn out and, and dirty and all that stuff, or are you going to go to the one that was professional and really sought to find out what your needs are and worked really hard to uh, create a, a sales solution for you that fits your budget and your needs? That's the difference of hiring. You need to be the, the second car dealership, which is trying to figure out what the, uh, employee, the employee wants. What do they want? What's important to them? It's not a job. They can get a job anywhere. What's important to this guy here is totally different than what's important to this guy over here. You know, Chris wants a, he had his own business and he worked 80 hours a week. And after five years, he finally said, this is, I'm done. I don't want to work this much. I just want a job where I get treated fairly. I'm paid, you know, paid well. And I can work eight hours a day and go home at the end of the day and not worry about it. That's what, Chris worried, that's what Chris cares about. And John over here, he's trying to get ahead. And he wants to work 60 hours a week. He wants all the overtime that you could possibly give him. Those are two totally different people. And if you have one job offer that says, you know, we work 45 hours a week and this is what we do, then you may not attract either one of those two because they're on on both sides of that spectrum. So you can't just have one job offer that simply says, this is what we do and this is who we want. It doesn't work like that. You have to create job offers that attract people. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But what I wanted to say too is on your car dealership sign, this is your job offer, your marquee sign outside of your crappy little car dealership on the corner, you have a marquee sign out there. It says, don't even bother pulling in here unless you have the money to pay cash. That's what you put on the marquee sign for everyone to uh, see driving down the road. That's what a lot of your businesses say because here's the thing. if I, Even if you write the job offer really well, you hire a professional copywriter and they write a really well-written job offer. I'm still going to social proof you. I'm still going to go to your Facebook page. I'm still going to go to your website. I'm still going to find out everything I can possibly find out about you and what you do. I'm going to go look at your reviews. If I see a bunch of negative reviews and the people are saying that you're a dickhead or you never called them back or you know, they felt like they got cheated or you didn't go back and fix something that was messed up. That's going to affect me wanting to work for you. And your potential employees do the exact same thing. I'm going to go to your Facebook page and see what you post. If you're posting stupid stuff, then I'm not going to come work for you. I'm going to see if people are, that work for you have Facebook pages. I'm going to go look at their Facebook page. And if I see that your lead guy is, you know, on his Facebook page, his cover photo was him flicking off the camera in one hand and drinking a beer and all his posts on his page are stupid stuff like, you know, political things or racist things or whatever. And that's your lead guy representing your business. I want no part of that whatsoever. Now, some of you will say, well, that makes sense. Like that's extreme. And and I agree that isn't extreme. And I wanted to paint that picture, but it doesn't have to be extreme things. If your lead guy is very big about politics and he's posting on his page every day about politics, I may not want to work alongside that person simply because I don't agree with their politics and I don't want to hear it all day on the job site about why their party is better than mine. All of those things factor into why people would come and work for you. And most of you probably never even thought about that. And you're hearing for the first time right now, The idea that people will social proof you before they even apply for the job. If you don't think that happens, you would be sorely mistaken because it does happen. Your customers social proof you too, by the way. That's a whole other podcast. But your customers will social proof you and do the exact same thing. So what's the image that your company projects out there to the public? You have to take all of that stuff into consideration. So what does your offer say? Like, what should you put in the actual offer that you post? If you're posting a job post, you know, LinkedIn or wherever. Well, the very first thing you need to do is you should state why someone would want to come and join your team. You have to attract them. You have to put in their things like the hours that you typically work. We typically work Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 4. We pay, you know, a competitive wage. It can be like a range of this to this. You can put on there all of the perks that you offer. You put on there the culture that you have in your business. We do, once a month, we do cookouts on Fridays. We do this. We go to the we go bowling once a week with the family. Whatever it is that you offer, or don't offer, but whatever it is you offer, you put that in there first. Your first thing should be, why would someone want to come and work here? It's not, this is what I need from you. That's the second thing. You have to build it up. The order is know, like, and trust. That's the order of things. And this applies to to sales too. People have to know you exist first. They have to know who you are. They have to know the job opportunity. Then they have to like it. They have to like the company. They have to like the image that you project. They have to like the job offer. And then lastly, they have to trust you because people can be fake People can put fake stuff out there. So they have to actually trust you. So the first thing is getting the offer in front of them. The second thing is making an offer that they like. And the third thing is building trust. And how do you build trust in a job posting? Well, you can get quotes from other employees. You can have one of your employees give a little quote as to why they like working there. I've even had past employees that went on and left and even like six months later, say, hey, man, would you mind writing a uh, a job recommendation for me? Sure. And they write it out. And I may use the whole thing. I may use one sentence, whatever. But it's true what they're saying. And I could put that in my job description. I could have a section that says, this is why you want to work here. And it doesn't take much to go to all your employees. If you have three employees and say, hey, uh, Steve, one sentence, why do you like working here? He says, "Well, you take care of us." Awesome. I go to Mike. "Hey Mike, why do you like working here? Well, you're flexible with hours anytime I have to leave early to go get my kids. You know, you're very accommodating." Perfect. Putting that in there. And I go over here and talk to whoever else and I get that and I put those in the job posting. This is why my this is what my employees love most about working here. You know he's very flexible with uh, scheduling. It makes it easy whenever my kids have to be picked up. And you list those on the job, the job posting itself. That helps to build authority. It helps to build credibility. It helps to build trust. Okay, so those are that's just a very simple little thing you can do in your in your job offer. You need to put in there about your business, like what are your ethics? What do you stand for? What matters to you? What's your mission? People want to be a part of a mission. They don't want to just have a job. They want to be a part of something. They want to know that the shirt they're wearing that has your name on it actually means something. Do they want to work for a company that only cares about making money? Or do I want to work for a company that actually does good in the community and helps out others? Put your, you know, what you do, what you're all about in the job posting. And then you put a section in there about, are you a good fit? And this isn't, again, this isn't your qualifications of, you know, you need to have this, 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 and this. It's more along the lines of, these are the type of people that work well with us. We really like people that work outdoors, that like to be outdoors. They like to, they're early risers. You know, they like to have fun on the job site. They don't take themselves serious. Like you're describing a personality. And it, it doesn't have to be one specific personality. But you're describing a general description of what's you know the the ideal team player that you have. You put that in there. Are you a good fit? They can regulate themselves. They can say, you know what, this doesn't seem like a good fit for me, and then they won't apply. Okay. And then lastly, the very last thing you put on there is what you need from them. This is what we we're looking for. We're looking for someone with this much experience. We're looking for someone who has this, 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 and this. And anytime you hire people, you should always hire for personality and then train for skill. Now, I get it. We're talking about you know, hiring winners and potentially trained and, and you know like a, a lead guy. If I'm hiring a lead guy, I can't train them how to do that job. But if maybe there's a, an apprentice or a journeyman who's been in it for three years and with a little bit of training from you, he would turn out to be an excellent lead guy. So he has some experience, but not so much as a lead man. You can train that position. And that's an opportunity for someone who is stuck at a job where they're second in command and the guy who's in charge has been there 10 years and has no plans on leaving. That second in command, if he wants to move up, the only way he can move up is to go get a job somewhere else. And you can attract that person away from them. Let's be real here for a second. 99% of the people that you're going to hire that are winners are working for someone else. You're going to have to poach them from someone else. There's a 1% chance where you know the company they're working for goes out of business or they quit and they happen to see your job posting the same day and they apply and you connect and you offer them a job and they take it. Like that's a 1% chance that the timing is so impeccable that it works out like that. So you're more than likely going to have to poach them from someone else. And if you're listening to this, this is a good reminder of why you need to take care of your employees. You need to be checking up on them. You need to be finding out what they want. When you hire someone, part of the entrance, the onboarding process should be like, what are your goals? What do you want out of life? What are you trying to accomplish? And then you figure out how to make that happen for them. People are 10 times more likely to be loyal to someone who's actively trying to help them accomplish their goals. If someone came to me and said, look, here's the deal. I need a job for two years. In two years, my wife's going to graduate from medical school and we're moving out of state. I just need a place I can be for two years. And he's, he's got everything else that I want. I'm not going to say, oh, well, I'm only looking for people that want long-term employment. So I'm not going to hire you. Hell no, I'm going to hire that person in an instant. And then I got two years out of them that I could potentially use them. And I'm going to make money off of them. So I'm going to look at what they want. What are they trying to accomplish in their life? It's not to work for you. People don't wake up in the morning and say, I wish I could go work for someone who treats me like crap and doesn't pay me well. That's not what people do. Most people in the construction industry are there because they didn't have any other options and so the very least that you can do is make it as enjoyable as possible and a lot of those people will go on to love it you know a lot of people will take a job in construction because they got fired from their corporate america job and then after working there for a year they kind of go you know what i like i actually like this this is this is i like doing this i like making things i like building things and they may stay the rest of their life in construction. But a lot of people make their way into construction because they don't, they don't have any other options, but you can make that useful for them. You can create positions around them and their needs. If you say that you have to, you work seven thirty to four, that's your working hours. And a guy comes in and says, dude, I want to come work for you, but I can't start until eight thirty because my, you know, I have to take care of my kids. And you're like, no, that ain't going to work. You got to be here at 730. Well, that's stupid. That's just stupid. Why would you turn down the opportunity for someone that's going to contribute to your team simply because they can't conform to this arbitrary time frame that you put on there? This, this goes back to mindset. You have to make this stuff attractive for people and you have to be flexible in how you create the job for them. Now, I'm not saying you got to bend over backwards. And if they only want to work three hours a day, that that's what you should do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's, don't be rigid. There's flexibility in how to make this work. So what else do we need to look at? You need to look at, and I I kind of dive dive into this a little bit. You need to look at outside the box. There's a guy on TikTok who owns a, a septic company. And he does a lot of TikToks on like how to treat employees, how to treat customers, like general good information. And I witnessed through weeks and months of watching his TikToks of him talking about employees and how to treat them, someone actually commented and said, hey, I'm looking for a job. I'm willing to relocate to where you're at. And they did. They literally relocated across the country to go work for this person. They did like a trial where they tried it out and see if it would work. And I haven't followed up to see if long-term if it worked out. But the idea that someone from across the country just from watching TikToks, was attracted to that position, more so the person, the owner, and they wanted to come and work for them. There's people out there that are willing to do that. They're willing to relocate to work for someone that's going to treat them fairly. Now, one thing that's interesting about this, this guy that owns a septic company is he actually has a little bit of land and he buys double Y trailers and puts them on this land And lets his workers live there for free if they need a place to live. Now, if that's not thinking outside the box, I don't know what is. But think about if you could go work somewhere, maybe you're a single guy, you could go work somewhere and get paid really well and then have a free place to live. Would you, I mean, would you pass on that? Most people would not pass on that. That's thinking outside the box. I've seen people that have vehicles, like old used vehicles, that they let their employees use as needed. Sometimes their wife's car breaks down, and they have a car sitting at the shop. And they say, no problem, Chris, here, you can borrow the company car for two or three weeks until you get your other one fixed. That's a benefit. That's thinking outside the box. Maybe you even offer, a, you can offer daycare services if you have a ton of employees that's thinking outside the box. Maybe you can provide free lunches for them every day. Maybe you can, you know, do lots of other things outside the box. I provide training. Lots of material manufacturers will offer free training on their products because they want you to use their products. And Schluter is is a very good example. Schluter does a quarterly training for their products. They it's a two-day full-on workshop where they will uh, train you on how to use all their products and i sent two of my guys there they even give them money like to like spending money for the day and it's free it doesn't cost me anything i pay them for their time while they're gone but it doesn't cost me anything for the workshop and suitor even gives them money they give them like t-shirts and all kinds of crap and they train them for two days on how to use their products and now my guys are excited they got back and they couldn't wait to do a shower so they so they could do the waterproofing and stuff because they they learned something you've invested in them you've invested in them for the future so look at opportunities for free training guys this is all about what's in it for them not what's in it for you what's in it for them when you change your focus around how can i make this job so attractive that somebody would be like insane or stupid to not take me up on this offer. That's how good it needs to be. Let me say that again. You need to make it so attractive that somebody would be stupid or feel guilty for not taking you up on that job. That's how good it needs to be. And you can do this. I'm not saying you got to pay, you know, $100 an hour if the going rate in that area is 30 bucks an hour. I'm not saying that, but you can do things to make it attractive. One of the things you can do, this helps with trust, is to videotape it. Videotape your culture on the regular and post it on social media. You take your phone, you go to the job site, and while you're joking around with them and the guys are out there, you know, messing around with each other, having a little bit of fun, you videotape it and you say, this is another typical day on the job, you know, and they're out there, doing something to the new guy, messing with him. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. And you're showing that culture online. You, you want to make it to where people feel left out. They feel left out by not working for you. That's the ultimate goal in attracting winners, is making them feel left out to where they go home at the end of the night and they go, man, my boss, he doesn't do shit. He doesn't pay for lunch. All, all thing he does is he pays me, you know, twenty bucks an hour, and I get you know crappy insurance that costs me six hundred dollars a month over here. While you're over here, you're paying twenty five bucks an hour with insurance, and you have Friday lunches and cars they can drive and whatever else you offer. And somebody's going to sit there and say, "And you're you're a good boss, like you have a great culture, and their boss they work for is a dickhead." You want them to say man, this sucks. I don't, I want to go work for them. I want to go work for that company. And here's something you got to understand too, guys, people don't like change. So this idea of like job hopping from, you know, higher dollar amount to the next, that's a very specific type of person that doesn't have any loyalty whatsoever. People that have loyalty will stay in a job they hate for five times longer than they need to simply based on loyalty. And so you have to make it so attractive that they want to come work for you because it's, they're, they're going to hate it. I had a guy that last year that quit. He was with me for about a year and a half. Very good dude, uh, hard worker. And when we got back to the shop, we were cleaning up and stuff. I could just visibly see that he was upset. Like he was, had his head hanging low and he was just visibly upset. And he came and he said, I got to talk to you about something. And I knew, I already knew what it was. And he, he had, was offered another job. He said, I wasn't even looking for the job. I just fell on my lap and I'd be stupid not to take it. And he would be, he would be stupid not to take it. It was with the school corporation where his kids went to school, benefits out the wazoo. It was a no brainer. I told him, I said, dude, if I was you, you, I, you know, it'd be stupid not to take it. And, but he was visibly upset because he's like, I, I really hate. The fact that I, that I have to leave because I love working here. And that's, that's how you want it to be for your people. If they're willing to quit at the end of the day, you're not doing something right. And you need to look inward because that's, that's on you. It could also be a key employee that you have. It could be a manager. It could be a job foreman. I've seen entire teams leave a business because the job foreman was terrible or someone in that train of command was terrible. When I was hiring for a lead guy a couple of years ago, I had three people from the same company come and apply. Three people from the same company. And all three of them said they were leaving because the owner brought in a new production manager and the guy had no idea what he was doing and he was expecting things that weren't possible. Three different people independently, they didn't know that the other people were applying three people from the same company applied for my job all because of one bad hire. So if you're not auditing your team, if you're not bringing them in on the regular and asking them what's going on, how can I make it better? How can I help you exceed, you know, Excel in this, in this career what can I do to to help you achieve your goals? If you're not doing that, somebody else will. Somebody listening to this podcast is going to go and apply all this in their business and they're going to take your employees away from you. So, I want to wrap this up here and I want to go back and, and hash on a couple things. One, you got to change your mindset. Stop saying you can't find people. If you say that, it will become true. So stop saying that. Number two, you need to make your offer and your business attractive. One example I will give you is that in the military, I mean, most people would agree that like being in the military, in combat or out in the field or in the middle of the desert, like it sucks. Like, it's really, really bad. But the, the brotherhood of the military is why people love it. They literally hate the job they're doing, or I shouldn't say they hate it. There's certainly aspects of a job that they absolutely hate, but they're there because they love the brotherhood, the culture, okay? You need to have that same type of culture in your business. You need to record it and share that culture online so other people can say, see it. Lastly, what, or what, what's your offer say? Is it about me, 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 me? Or is it about you, you, you? What do you get? It's all about what they get. What's in it for them? That's what you lead with. What's in it for them? One other thing you can do, you show them the opportunities when you're interviewing. If you have people applying, show them the opportunities that they have at your company. Do you have an organizational chart that shows the different positions and how they can rise up in the ranks? Do you have mastery ladders written out that say once you're able to do these 10 things you get a raise once you do these five things you get moved to the next position those are called mastery ladders do you have that in your business laid out plainly so someone coming in can see oh you're saying all i gotta do is learn how to finish drywall frame and do this 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 and this and if i do that i get a dollar an hour raise yep once you can show that you have competence in those areas you get a dollar raise Awesome. And once I can do these things effectively, I can get a bump in my position to a supervisor. Yep. Once you do these things, you get a bump. Now you've laid out the course for them. Now you've allowed them to see the path for them to advance in their career. Org charts, mastery ladders, look into those, do that. Hire for personality, train for skill. Always look for people that fit the culture and the personality and then the skill secondly, secondary. Okay. And then think outside the box. Think outside the box. What can you offer that nobody else is offering? It doesn't have to be a car or a house or lunch or daycare, but there's probably something you can offer. Maybe you're a gun nut like myself and you like shooting. And so you, once a month, you take your team to the shooting range and you, you'll pay for the day and you blow up a bunch of crap, right? If you have that type of culture, if you're hiring a bunch of veterans and you all like to blow crap up, then build that into your business and use that as morale booster. Go to the range once a month and blow crap up. And I'll tell you this, if you're not charging 50% gross profit on your jobs, you're not gonna be able to do this stuff because you're already screwed. This is why you charge more money so you can do these things for your team so you can attract the right, the winners. So my final question I have for you is, what's on your marquee sign? What do you have posted on your marquee sign outside your car dealership hit me up on social let me know your marquee sign let me know what you're doing in your business to attract winners and tell me how that's working out for you so until next time guys apply these things that i just mentioned to you and be the best you